0: i always reiterate to my team that we are making a difference in an industry that makes a difference this is our time where we need to stand up and we need to use like you know our ingenuity innovate we need to create technology solutions so that like you know, we can solve critical problems and we did that in the in the middle of pandemic and we will not go back now you know the company that is emerging from this pandemic is completely different. The company like you know, that is digital, the company that is technology, forward-leaning. We are an agile organization. We have created a new revenue line from the technology services, and we are serving like a you know, critical part of the healthcare value chain. Welcome to The
1: Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. As you may know, I've spent the last 15 years covering technology and learning how it works, demystifying everything from massive parallel processing to advanced robotics and everything in between. Yet it's the conversations with some of the most forward-thinking leaders, those at the intersection of technology and business that fascinate me the most. Cardinal Health is a multinational healthcare services company with double headquarters in Dublin. By that, I mean they have an HQ in Dublin, Ireland, and another in Dublin, Ohio. This massive corporation had its humble beginnings in wholesale foods, but by the late 1970s had branched into pharmaceuticals and it grew rapidly over the next few decades. Apart from drug sourcing and distribution, the company also manufactures medical and surgical products. As the pandemic ramped up, This business and managing the supply chain became critical for not just Cardinal Health, but for its customers as items like PPE were sorely needed. Ray Bajaj joined Cardinal Health in late 2019, having previously worked in leadership positions in fintech companies. He had no way of knowing that within his first six months as CTO of Cardinal Health, that the company's business would need to shift dramatically to meet the needs of a world struggling with a mysterious illness. Fortunately, Ray has the desire to rise and meet challenges, no matter how daunting. But before talking about all of that, I wanted to get to know a bit more about Ray Bajaj. Ray, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Restless Ones.
0: Jonathan, thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: I'm really excited about our conversation today. I feel that the world of healthcare is one where we often see some of the most interesting applications of cutting-edge technologies and an approach that I think is far more thoughtful than what we see in other areas of the industry. But before we get into all of that, I would love to learn how you first became interested in technology.
0: I will say that my interaction with technology started... In the middle school, it was the first Atari game console that I got from my parents, and I was so fascinated by the games, how the objects in the games interact with each other. I got my first computer when I was in high school and started learning how to program. And uh, I was always fascinated by solving problems, leveraging technology. I'm so enamored by hands-on way of, first of all, understanding problems and where technology can make the difference in the business.
1: I love that your jumping off point was video games. I feel like that's a great story for lots of people in the sense that you know, video games, they can get a bad rap, but they really can inspire people to get interested in problem solving. But then beyond that, learning how the actual technology works, learning how to program and interact with technology on that level to get that understanding of the fundamentals beneath it in order to create a result that you have in mind?
0: Yeah, I was always a curious person, and I still remember the first game like, you know, I was really passionate about was Starships, which involves destroying many spacecrafts and obstacles as possible. And the biggest lesson that I learned from that game is everybody will face obstacles and situations where they will not be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And in some of these situations, you need to dodge a few things and some you need to confront head-on. Courage and agility are two important attributes that will serve you well as a leader. And I keep on reminding myself that I'm playing a game of starships and these business obstacles. Like We need to have creative solutions in everyday life. I love that. Well, you've
1: worked in several different industries before you came to your current role over in Cardinal Health. Are there any sort of broad similarities you've noticed between different industries when it comes to business needs and technological solutions?
0: I spent two decades in financial services industry, eight years I spent at Capital One. And my experience in financial services industry gives me a good frame of reference and best practices that I'm translating into the healthcare industry. There are three major points that I'm going to make, Jonathan, on this one. The first lesson that I learned is the businesses are not selling products and services. They are selling customer benefits. The financial services industry is selling customer benefit of how people manage their money, creating a personalized CFO in lives of people. The healthcare industry is selling the benefit of how the care is delivered to the patients, and companies are using different business models to achieve this goal. The second thing, to achieve the goal of customer benefits, successful companies are using technology and data to create a winning proposition. Customer buying behaviors are changing in different industries, and customers are now demanding digital and physical experiences to come together seamlessly. And this change has been accelerated by with the global pandemic and the third point i'm going to make is technology data and new architectures may not be sufficient i've seen leading companies in various industries successfully modernize their operating model which has more to do with changing the social architecture of the organization building digital culture agile business processes adoption of design thinking upskilling and new skilling the talent and integrating multi-generational thinking in the organization. If you do these things, you can catch the tailwind of market opportunities that comes your way. I like that a lot as
1: well. I like that organization-centric approach, that focus upon finding and nurturing the right people, getting the talent there that you need, and building the culture that you need to support the mission.
0: Yep. My role in the organization. Let me explain we all have learned a mathematical equation of y is equal to mx plus c, mm-hmm. which is algebraic equation. Consider like you know, y as the organization value and x as technology and c as the culture. My role becomes how can I change the slope of technology in the organization and change the culture so that we can maximize organization value. And I have like a you know, bunch of responsibilities that I oversee But it is always about changing the slope of the technology and changing the culture so that we can maximize organization value.
1: Ray, I got to say, I love the fact that you have described your role in the form of an algebraic equation that we could plot against a chart. It's the first time I've ever heard an answer like that, and it absolutely delights me. It's a, a fantastic way to get a high concept of what it is you do. I'm curious what are some of the challenges that are associated with driving innovation that are unique to the healthcare industry in particular?
0: So in my professional career, like you know, I've seen like you know many reasons it is hard to drive innovations in large corporations. The biggest reason in my opinion, is the companies get wrapped up in the tyranny of served markets. You know large organizations have optimized themselves to serve a particular business model. Mm-hmm which is how they create and capture business value. Existing customer segments, markets, products, pricing, customer service, even technology, and all the things that we have learned in the management curriculum, the companies have optimized and scaled to achieve the excellence in that business model. The kinds of initiatives that get funding, these are efficiency innovations with predictable outcomes, and these are incremental initiatives with low risk. Then we ask the questions: Why we are not innovating and exploiting the opportunities? The point is, it becomes difficult for big organization to unlearn things. You know, mm-hmm. different kinds of talent needs to be hired, creating new processes, even fund initiative that have not a positive NPV to start with. But the companies like you know, that play like you know, this bifocal nature of productivity and possibility. Like you know, they do really well from an innovation standpoint. And we at Cardinal Health, we are making big moves where we are executing well in our distribution business and also becoming a leader in the digital health space. Now, let me, coming back to your question of unique challenges in the healthcare industry. First of all, let's understand the magnitude of problem in the healthcare space. Healthcare industry accounts for 20% of our GDP and this number keeps on increasing. The complexity in the healthcare starts with the value chain. You have biopharma companies, you have health plans, your PBMs, you have distributors like us, you have physicians, you have pharmacies, you have hospitals, you have patients. Getting everybody aligned with the care journey of the patient is not an easy proposition. Generally, we have seen innovation where companies are focused in small manageable areas to innovate in. And one other big thing in the healthcare, which is unique, it's around technology and data. Like, you know, technology and data is siloed. It is not interoperable across the value chain. So that becomes a little bit difficult to innovate the patient outcomes and patient experience. There are a few things that are happening inside the healthcare industry. For example, healthcare at home, telehealth, cell and gene therapies, medtech connected devices, changing role of pharmacies and technology-enabled clinical workflows. So we are seeing digital, we are seeing clinical expertise, we are seeing technology coming together as a trifecta, changing the patient outcomes as well as patient delivery inside the healthcare setting.
1: I imagine that the importance of things like data security and data privacy, which are particularly important in healthcare, presents itself as a challenge to work within when you're evaluating technological innovations. You
0: no, know, that is that is such an important point. I have always said that in my organization, that every engineer is a security engineer first. Mm-hmm. We need to get 100% right 100% of the time. We are sitting on a mountain of like, you know, patient data, and we need to be a great stewards of data and information security. Not only innovating and building digital products, but building the products in the right manner. With security at the center of the products that we are building.
2: Conventional thinking says you have to pay more to get more. I want the world. But T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to deliver premium benefits for better ROI. From customized 5G solutions to 360 support, we help you reach your business goals right now. I want it now. Innovating to improve business today and tomorrow. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. Capable device required. Coverage unavailable in some areas. Some uses may require certain planner features. See T Mobile.com.
1: Well, Ray, I would also love if you could give us maybe a couple of examples of some of these products that Cardinal Health has been behind.
0: So for us, like you know, every technology solution must solve a business and customer needs. Mm-hmm. I have like you know, this slide that I always use, which is around business viability, customer desirability, and technology feasibility. So every idea like, you know, has to be in the intersection of business, customer, and technology. I'm going to talk about an organization that I lead, which is a Fuse organization, which is mm-hmm. our innovation engine and our product development center. It is an autonomous unit integrated with our growth businesses. The two product, Jonathan, that we are really proud of coming out of our Fuse organization, they center around creating digital tools for retail pharmacies so that they can provide personalized care to their communities. These solutions enable our pharmacy customers to manage COVID vaccination process, administer point-of-care testing, chronic care management, and other primary care services. And it not only digitizes the clinical workflow in the pharmacy, but also enables reimbursements for these services with medical billing capability. Mm -hmm. And also, we are doing a lot of work in the community oncology setting. We recently launched Navista technology platform, which is comprehensive value-based solutions that offer clinical decision support to assist our provider customers, to manage healthcare treatment, and also it provides cost of care transparency to physicians as well as our patients.
1: I am fascinated by Fuse. I think it's a brilliant approach to conducting R&D within a broader healthcare company. I love hearing the phrase personalized healthcare. I feel like that's something that we've been hearing about for more than a decade. Can you talk a bit about some of the different technologies that Fuse has been looking into specifically and, and in what role?
0: Yeah, we are very optimistic about blockchain. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, while we are doing transformative work in the pharmaceutical industry using blockchain technology to improve our financial processes of managing our contracts and facilitate intercompany commerce with our supply chain partners. Getting first-time pricing right, reducing disputes, chargebacks between pharmaceutical manufacturers, GPOs, and us is an important business problem to solve for us. It is a $10 billion problem in the industry where we are confident that blockchain-based solutions can reimagine the operational backbone of pharmaceutical financial processes. The second technology that we are investing heavily is in AI and machine learning. We are using AI and machine learning algorithms like computer vision and edge computing to count pills, helping improve efficiency and accuracy for pharmacy technicians. We are using data science to improve medication adherence, identify patients who may be at risk of healthcare episodes, and variety of population health risk management use cases. So blockchain, data, AI, machine learning. And I'm gonna add like you know, augmented reality and virtual reality. I think these will be like you no know, critical pillars of emerging technologies, like you know, that will shape healthcare as well as digitize some of the processes inside Cardinal Health. Gosh,
1: Ray, you you've covered so much, so many of my favorite topics to talk about. The blockchain piece, when you mentioned specifically not just for transactions, but for tracking things like supply chain and keeping a close eye on that. I have to admit to you, Ray, that for the longest time, blockchain was one of those concepts that I just couldn't wrap my head around until I started hearing about possibilities of using blockchain for the purposes of managing a supply chain and being able to have governance over any particular thing in that supply chain as it moves from one point to the next. And then it started to click.
0: Yeah, because if you look at it, you know, historically, we have equated blockchain to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which are applications on the blockchain-based decentralized ledger architecture. But there are enterprise use cases where if you look at the pharmaceutical supply chain that I talked about which is you have manufacturers, you have GPOs, you have distributors, and you have dispensers, and there is a lot of intercompany commerce where we exchange data, and there is misalignment of contract. There's misalignment of data that we share across, like you know, our trading partners. You know, blockchain-based architecture it is the right architecture for first of all data alignment, as well as immutability of data and providing provenance over the transactions that are happening between the trading partners. So it's our system of truth. And once like, you, know, you have the data alignment right, then like, you can ingest that data in your ERP platforms. We think that is the right architecture. That is the future of how the commerce happens between B2B space. And it will create, first of all, efficiency in our business processes, as well as new customer experiences will come out of this architecture. Mm -hmm. I I see
1: that as also a way where businesses are going to see tremendous savings and an enormous reduction in waste as they're able to have this level of scrutiny that was not really possible without a tremendous amount of work on the back end. So I, I really do see that as another one of those transformational technologies. You also mentioned virtual and augmented reality, two technologies I'm very passionate about as well. And one of the things that I love about the time we're living in now is we're in an age of connectivity where it becomes possible to have things like virtual reality headsets and augmented reality headsets that are no longer tethered to a machine. But with the rollout of technologies like 5G, Mm -hmm. it then becomes possible to start to design and implement vr and ar experiences what kind of solutions in the healthcare industry are you looking at that are made possible by this new era of connectivity that we're in
0: yeah you know the first set of use cases that comes to my mind that we are actively working on and pursuing is in the med tech industry Mm -hmm. because continuous glucose monitors cpap machines neonatal icu devices combined with digital therapeutic techniques I think it will change the game for the patients and patient outcomes. Devices that have the ability to connect wirelessly, as you said, emit data will be used for patient monitoring and for digital interventions. So those are the first set of use cases where the devices are becoming connected and those connected experiences are getting created around patient outcomes. The second set of use cases are, are around care coordination, we are seeing care shifting to lower-cost settings outside of hospitals through urgent care centers, walk-in clinics, outpatient surgery centers, and home health care settings. Enhanced diagnostics, telehealth, remote patient monitoring will be accelerated by the use of 5G. use of sensors, wearables, e-health devices will increase. And patient data now can be collected and analyzed where a patient does not need to travel to primary care facilities and have face-to-face appointment with medical professionals, you know, enhanced connectivity is a good thing and will help us reimagine the care delivery model. And that is what we are working on right now. It is just not about the products. It is about experiences. And those are connected experiences where we are providing solution toolkits for the problem inside the healthcare care delivery model.
1: And as someone who's not in the industry, as someone who is a patient, I really appreciate the connectivity side because I appreciate the idea of technology allowing more people to have that level of independence for longer in their lives that they might not otherwise be able to enjoy without the benefit of that tech.
0: Yeah, and, and that's where, Jonathan, like, we have been thinking a lot about when I was in financial services, like you know, we had this thought of creating a personalized ICF in the customer's lives. In healthcare, we are creating an angel in the patient's lives where that angel is always looking mm-hmm. for like, you know, those episodes where a patient needs help. And can we create like, you know, that easy button where whenever like, you know, there are healthcare episodes, first of all, like you know, we are providing monitoring. Second of all, we are providing diagnostics. And third of all, we are providing smart interventions so that we can truly care for our patients. And the whole thing is powered by the technology platform. And that is our vision of creating that angel in the healthcare system, that easy button that we are missing. I'm curious, are there any
1: particular solutions that you personally find really motivating and inspirational things that when you look at it, you say, this is making the world a better place. This is really changing people's lives.
0: You know, access, affordability, and adherence. I think those three are big problems inside the healthcare industry. First of all, if you look at medical access or healthcare access, it is not distributed equally in the population inside the country. So how can you provide access to good quality healthcare. That is a big problem for us to solve. And the way like we are doing that is making sure like we have digital solutions where like telepharmacy solutions or getting the healthcare in patients' homes. One of the solutions like that we are building is we are unbundling the hospital and bringing like you know, hospital-level services to patients' homes because it is an easier way of consuming healthcare if the healthcare is delivered in homes. And so, I'm very passionate about you know, that business model. Then the second question, like you know, that, comes is affordability. Not everybody can afford the healthcare. So, how can like we provide the affordability, the patient assistance programs? And then adherence is another problem. There is a lot of healthcare spending that is because of patients are not taking medication as prescribed at the right time. So how can like you know, use technologies to solve that problem? And if you solve you know, those three problems, it's going to create a lot of savings mm-hmm. as well as it will improve outcomes for the patients. This is the
1: sort of stuff I really can get behind because I think in terms of the ripple effect, it's essentially kind of the digital age version of the old timey concept of the doctor who's going door to door, Mm -hmm. the doctor who does house calls. But now we're in the digital age and we're using technology to enable that level of access. On top of that, I think about the next ripple out and how that affects all the support system around Any individual patient, the friends and family and the positive impact that has on their lives, even if they're not aware of it intrinsically. And then beyond that, the social impact that has Mm -hmm. as you improve people's lives, they become better at contributing back to society. But I think about the overall communal benefit Mm -hmm. that comes with this level of access and how technology is really fueling this push to create new solutions in healthcare?
0: Thriving communities is a good thing for the businesses. And we have invested big in the future of the pharmacies because the future of pharmacies is going to be a place where the primary care services are delivered. They have a great relationship with like, you know, their customers in the communities. And we need to provide the technology and the clinical capabilities so that the pharmacists can work with their patients on chronic care management, on diabetes care management, on smoking cessation, on a variety of things so that like, you know, we can keep like, you know, our communities healthy. We are reimagining the care continuum and keep like, you know, our populations healthy and safe.
1: Ray, as I've talked to you, it is clear to me how passionate you are in this mission to improve health care and improve the reach of health care. I am very curious what it was like to take on a leadership role at a healthcare organization just as the world was entering into a pandemic. Can you tell us what you experienced as you stepped into this role?
0: You know, when I joined the organization, it was maybe six or eight months before pandemic. And I never thought that I'm going to land in the middle of pandemic, where if you look at our demand curves of our products, you know, we deal with pharmaceutical products, both generics as well as branded products. We deal with blood and plasma products. We deal with medical devices. We deal with testing products. So the demand curves of like, all of our products were upside down because we are seeing the higher demands for certain categories and then suppressed demand for another like, category. So it was a situation where There was not a playbook, but one thing was clear, the mission and the vision that we are essential to care. It is all about healthcare heroism. There are people in the front lines that we need to provide PPE, you know, your your gloves, your syringes, all the things to make sure that we are solving the problem in the global pandemic. I always reiterate to my team that we are making a difference in an industry that makes a difference. This is our time where we need to stand up and we need to use like, you know, our ingenuity, innovate. We need to create technology solutions so that like, you know, we can solve critical problems. And we did that in the middle of pandemic and we will not go back now. You know The company that is emerging from this pandemic is completely different. The company like, you know, that is digital, the company that is technology, forward-leaning, we are an agile organization we have created a new revenue line from the technology services and we are serving like a critical part of the healthcare value chain so it is tough to go through the pandemic but i think as a company like you know we are better off going through like this transition i don't envy you and the the
1: process that it must have been i'm sure you had long days and nights working to stay ahead of challenges as the pandemic developed. And my hat is off to
0: you. You know, it's all about like the team effort. The mission, like, you know, drives the path that we are on. Mm-hmm. And we always gravitate towards doing something that is bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is a very clear thing for us inside the organization. And a lot of people, like, you know, stood up during this time and took on, greater responsibilities. And yes, for were long nights, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Before I could let him go, I had to ask Ray one more thing.
1: Well, Ray, I'm curious, what lessons have you learned that you wish you had known earlier on in your career?
0: Yeah, that's a great question you know i have always been influenced by the work of clay christensen mm-hmm. and especially like you know his book which i read how will you measure your life and i wish like you know i had learned like you know this lesson earlier which is we all get enamored by the next promotion or the fancier title or the raises but in the end it comes down to how much love and respect you earned and how many people you touched and made better? So those are very important things for a leader to always like know, think about. And if you keep on like know, thinking about earning love and respect and grooming them, I think you have done your job as a leader.
1: Well, Ray, I have to say I completely agree. I also think those are good guidelines for everyone, leadership or otherwise, that approach to really focusing on the good you can do. I'm a child who watched Mr. Rogers every day. So those sort of lessons are deep within my psychological being. Ray, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for your time and for joining the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I enjoyed
1: it. Whenever I think about future technologies, I always like to imagine how they will impact healthcare. The idea of tech helping us live longer, healthier lives has been a beguiling proposition for decades. But the truth of the matter is that healthcare, above all other industries, must take a wise and precise approach to integrating innovation. Yes, without innovation, a company will falter. But the stakes with healthcare are as high as they get. And so, healthcare companies like Cardinal Health have to be absolutely certain that those innovations support the organization's mission. Ray embodies this ideal, and his determination to pursue innovation and find ways to add value to Cardinal Health and delight customers through the responsible application of technology is admirable. I'm excited to see what emerges as this era of connectivity matures. The possibilities are staggering. With a low-latency wireless connection, Remote diagnostics and related practices can return to us one of our most precious resources—time. And patients will be able to enjoy autonomy and freedom for far longer throughout their lives, which has a truly enormous impact on quality of life. And that's just the forward-facing side of healthcare— The ability to coordinate operations along an entire supply chain is something I think we all recognize is important in the wake of supply chain issues highlighted by the pandemic. Innovation in spaces like connectivity and blockchain can go a long way toward solving this problem. Thanks again to Ray Bajaj for joining the show. Be sure to join me for future episodes of The Restless Ones as I talk with more leaders in the tech space who are forging a path to the future. I'll see you soon.
2: T-Mobile for Business knows companies want more than a one-size-fits-all approach to support. I want the world. So we provide 360 support customized to your business from discovery through post-deployment. You'll get a dedicated account team and expertise from solutions engineers and industry advisors already right now. I want it now. 360 support that's customized for your success. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business.